Hey folks, welcome back. This is Tom Salemi. You are listening to the MedTech Talk podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today, we'll be visiting with Jim Dillon. Jim is the CEO of, uh, of two companies, actually. Renal Guard Solutions is the, uh, the larger and older one. The newer one, and the one we'll talk a bit about today, is called Reprieve Cardiovascular. Reprieve made a little news last month, raised $7 million from uh, investors, including Abiomed. And uh, it demonstrated its uh, guided diuretic therapy at the Heart Failure Society of America's annual scientific meeting in Nashville. And uh, it's getting a, a lot of play. It's got a great lineage. Howard Levin is part of it. And uh, in this interview, Jim, we'll, we'll talk about Reprieve, talk about Renal Guard, and uh, what it means going forward. So I know you'll enjoy this conversation with Jim Dillon. Before I let you go, I just want to remind you that the MedTech Conference is scheduled. It'll be happening on May 30th in Minneapolis. Now let's hear from Jim Dillon of Renal Guard Solutions and Reprieve Cardiovascular. Hi, well, Jim Dillon. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. Really appreciate you having me on your program this morning. It's great to uh, to have you tell your story here. And we always like to start off with uh, with a bit of uh, of history as to uh, how our guests found their way into the uh, the med tech industry. So uh, when you were uh, attending Fairfield University, was, was MedTech uh, part of your plan? No, you know, sales was. Uh, I'll refrain from using the joke that Fairfield was the best seven years of my life. I won't go down that <laughs> track. However, um, you know, large large family of six and four, four of them are, are in sales. So it's no wonder that I think it's in the DNA, but um, actually was a, was an economics major. and, and um, Your poor parents, I can't started. imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, six family of six, you typically take care of the uh, one or two younger siblings. So, uh, you know, the dynamic, but, um, but, you know, really wanted to get into med device. One of my older brothers was in med device and in kind of stepwise fashion lined up the, what I needed to do, uh, in terms of getting there, you know, the, the traditional office equipment uh, path, but, you know, I was real fortunate um, over 30 years ago to break into operating room sales with Davol, which was the CR uh, Bard division, uh, surgical division for CR Bard. And then uh, even more fortunate was able to go to work for Dr. John Simpson in uh, 1991. Uh, Dr. Simpson, uh, not assuming you know who he is, but it sounds like you do, but certainly is a one of the foremost uh, pioneering um interventional cardiologists slash entrepreneurs, um, you know, in our industry, uh, past, present, and future. So, um, became part of the early DVI team, uh, back in 1991 and, and really over the next, uh, close to, you know, um, 30 years, um, have been in, uh, mainly the cardiac area med device and, um, and mainly within startups, a couple of resurrections here and there, but really have, um, I really enjoyed and flourished in the uh, in the world of startups. And you had a pretty good streak going there. You were DVI, HDI, Perclose, uh, Venus. You had a uh, a number of companies you were part of that uh, would ultimately be acquired. So uh, that must have been uh, a nice uh, a nice run you had going. Yeah, it, it certainly was. And and you know, there's 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 highlights and lowlights, frankly, of of each of those opportunities. You know, it takes. Uh, it takes uh, persistence and it takes, um, you know, some luck on your side. But, you know, I guess as you look as kind of the 
commonality, uh, the bottom line that's true to all. It just, you know, there were just fantastic people uh, and fantastic cultures. And, and you know, we reflect back and and it's not necessarily the the upside of the money you made or the options you converted and yada, yada, yada. But really, you, you reflect on, you know, developing relationships, working with mentors. Um, and really, it comes down to people and culture. And, you know, sometimes people view those things as very kind of soft endpoints or soft ingredients to one success or a business's, you know, ultimate culminating success. But, you know, they're the foundation, in my opinion. You know, it really starts and stops with people and it starts and stops with those folks being able to foster and and build a winning culture that is going to be, you know, be one of perseverance as well as uh, sustain. You didn't stay with the acquiring companies for very long, it seemed. Uh, was that ever um, something you considered, staying with a larger company, or, or did you prefer life in a, in a smaller one? Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the track record speaks for itself in terms of my preference. But I did you know, I, I did stay on, um, for example, at Perclose, uh, you know, uh, again, had another opportunity to work very closely with Dr. Simpson and, and got in on the ground floor. And we ended up having a very highly successful exit to Abbott in, I believe it was 2000, um, after really putting together a streak and a series of significant milestones uh, and did stay on with Abbott, you know, great company, um, great culture. And, um, you know, certainly have stayed in touch with um, a host of folks up there in Abbott Park, Illinois, but, uh, um, you know, went into business development. And uh, within strategic business development, had the opportunity to do a, a variety of things within my career that I hadn't done. But at the end of the day, um, you know, really what I enjoy is kind of the grassroots startup environment where, you know, you're, you're developing and understanding the proverbial clinical unmet need. Um, there's a host of kind of virgin market opportunities out there still within uh, cardiovascular medicine. And, um, you know, through the course of building and developing several businesses that you outline, whether it be DVI or Heart Tech or Perclose, um, have been very fortunate to develop a network of, of just really talented, incredibly passionate uh, clinicians as well as entrepreneurs. And uh, that, that afforded me uh, a very nice uh, uh, string of opportunities. So how uh, difficult was the transition from, from sales to business development? Is, is it a different uh, skill set? Uh, did it take some adjustment? You know, not necessarily. I mean, I, I you know, if, if, if you think about the businesses I've been in, whether they've been primarily startup or larger parent companies, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you can strip my title away. And, and really, it's all about carrying the bag, um, you know, being a sales guy at heart and you know, business development that entailed a host of, of um, you know, activities and and uh, and focal points. And one was certainly the integration of the Perclose business. I mean, Abbott bought Perclose to be the cornerstone of their uh, device franchise. And, you know, Abbott had been a really a pharma entity, and this was really their first, uh, you know, putting a toe in the water, a significant one uh, in terms of acquisition at $684 million. But, you know, really developing a court, uh, that cornerstone uh, franchise. And so it had some um, truisms in terms of what you think about business development, but it was also about strategic development and the integration of a new, uh, of that new cornerstone business and understanding uh, 
um, how to leverage uh, that proprietary technology within the existing portfolio of Abbott. Let's bring things up to uh, up to today. Uh, you joined uh, Renal Guard Solutions last year uh, as president and CEO. This is your your first uh, stint as as president and CEO. That's that's correct. Correct. I've had uh, been fortunate to have a host of uh, commercial leadership opportunities, and um, you know, really uh, led to. Um, meeting the folks, the investors, as well as the chairman of the board, Alex Martin, and um, you know, second to none. And, and again, I've been real lucky to be in some businesses and working with some incredibly talented entrepreneurs and clinicians. And you know, the opportunity we have in front of us, uh, I think, is second to none. Uh, so it, it, it really worked out well. I left St. Jude, where I you know, had uh, uh, commercial responsibilities and strategic um, uh, business development responsibilities. And, you know, again, it's, it's a part of my DNA, I think is, is to find those startups. And, and, uh, I really enjoy the challenge. You know, I think the startup environment is one that, uh, is not getting any easier, but I think that, you know, Tom, regardless of title, you find folks, you work with folks, you're, you, you have folks that report to you and you report to them that, you know, either they thrive and flourish or they, it's just not the environment, and uh, and you find out pretty darn quick uh, which side of the fence you're going to be on. So tell us a bit about Renal Guard Solutions. What was it about this opportunity that uh, that convinced you that this was the uh, the spot where you wanted to uh, to assume the CEO and president role? Yeah, Renal Guard had um, had been uh, developing the technology for uh, for quite a while, and really the technology, the platform, I should say, is really about fluid management. And the technology is, was uh, solely focused on the reduction of contrast-induced acute kidney injury. And, you know, with the volume of interventions and certainly the increase in uh, frequency and importance of percutaneous valves, TAVR or TAVI uh, procedures, the increase in chronic total occlusions. I mean, and the world of the interventional cardiologists and the cath lab volumes certainly continue to spike and new, new therapies continue to to drive procedures that, frankly, use more contrast, more complex cases. And so contrast is toxic to the kidney. It's, it's toxic to the nephron. And it's a significant problem and one that really, uh, there's really no a clear-cut solution uh, to that problem. So, you know, it was, Tom, it was the proverbial clinical unmet need. And Renal Guard had done um, quite a bit of clinical work Matter of fact, we just uh, uh, crested over a threshold or a milestone of 20,000 cases uh, since they received CE mark, of which, and really the important part of that is it's not only a huge number and, and speaks to clinical adoption commercially, but really the important part of that is that 1,800 of those patients were uh, done within clinical studies. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're only as good as your data. And, uh, you know, we're not approved in the U.S. Um, however, we've had um, significant uh, uptick in clinical adoption in Europe. And it was by looking at that data, uh, as well as talking to the people, uh, both the employees, the leadership team, the board and the chairman, that it quickly became apparent that this was a, uh, a real potential win. And, um, you know, it was obviously in a space that I had long history of. Uh, so, uh, it, it has exceeded my expectations and, and, uh, been incredibly pleased that working alongside some very talented, passionate people. And, and where are you with, uh, 
obtaining approval in the U.S. Is it uh, something you're uh, engaged in right now or have plans to? Well, we certainly have plans to. So we have made stead- steadfast progress in our U.S. pivotal trial. And, um, you know, I'd like to be in a position in future quarters to talk more specifically about where we're at. Um, but certainly the, the goal and the, and the vision for um, Renal Guard is to be commercially available here in the U.S. Uh, we've learned a heck of a lot. And, and really the clinical adoption in Europe uh, is most commonly associate, associated with physicians using it, as I stated, in TAVR procedures, uh, high-risk uh, PCIs, as well as CTOs. And that obviously translates well over to uh, market opportunity and anticipated early adoption once we have a U.S. presence, rather. And prior to your joining, the company had uh, had raised fourteen and a half million for for a Series A. Were you were you part of that financing at all, or did you uh, did you come into a company that was that flush with cash and you don't have to do the uh, the fundraising? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, answer your first question. I was not part of the fourteen raise, uh, and. Uh, and frankly, you know, we're we're a we're a private company. So, um, but I'd like to think, and probably I'm safe in in stating the assumption that most startups are not flush with cash. Uh, <laughs> the more you, the more you have, the more you spend. And um, <laughs> it's uh, I can't uh, can't really dig into or share much more of the details. But um, uh, but yeah, we 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 you know, companies are challenged uh, with really sustaining an influx of capital. And in uh, the role that I have, uh, you know, it's it's a daily activity. You know, we were very very fortunate to just close a uh, round of seven million. Uh, incredibly excited about uh, having AbbeyMed be a strategic partner, and uh, and we definitely have uh, some really important milestones and strategies earmarked uh, with that. Uh, most recent seven million round. Yeah, and I want to talk about that in a moment. Uh, just curious, though, what was the what were the origin of the technologies of, of Renal Guard Solutions? Where did that come from? Yeah, it's. I'm really happy to kind of detail that. Um, you know, Renal Guard was the, the brainchild of uh, Dr. Howard Levin and uh, and his team at Caridia. The background of Dr. Levin, he he not only uh, invited him, and he not only sits as our chief medical officer, but Dr. Levin is a heart failure cardiologist by trade. And years ago, he ran the VAD unit, the ventricular assist device unit at Columbia in New York City. Uh, and about 20 years ago, he and a gentleman by the name of Mark Gelfand uh, started a technology incubator called Caridia. And Caridia is, is New York City based. And they they are um, you know, fabulous to work with. And, and specifically, uh, Howard Levin is really a uh, a real rare find. And what I mean by that, Tom, is he's not only a brilliant clinical um, clinician, uh, but he's also an incredibly passionate entrepreneur. And, you know, his his uh, drive and his uh, street smarts and his, you know, just kind of clinical insights, in my opinion, rival a lot of the folks who I'd work with and whether it be Dr. Simpson or whether it be, you know, folks I, I work with at Heart Technology. He really is a rare find. So uh, Caridia uh, gave birth to Renal Guard. They actually actually developed Ardian as well, which we know is a huge exit uh, and acquired by um, by Medtronic. Uh, but Howard really uh, was the was the inventor, uh, putting it on the map, and uh, and at, within his role of chief medical officer, uh, you know, it, it's a he's a daily asset to the business uh, present and going forward. Great. That's a great pedigree. 
Let's get into the uh, the news of the day. The 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 fun the round raise that you mentioned earlier. Now that's actually for uh, a new company, Reprieve Cardiovascular, correct? It's actually uh, both businesses are the benefactor of the raise. Uh, so you, you know our our platform really, in a nutshell, is focused on on cardiorenal syndrome. You know, it's focused on on both organs, and by definition, cardiorenal syndrome. Uh, you know, one one uh, um, dysfunction with one organ can affect the other, and 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 so the path that Renal Guard was on was obviously trying to uh, decrease contrast-induced nephropathy to afford safer um, cardiac care, and uh, and so <clears throat> there's a, a myriad of applications for fluid management, and it, they stem from. You know, trying to think about uh, surgical applications, there's really high incidence of acute kidney injury and cardiac surgery and other surgical applications. Uh, clinicians have talked to us about, you know, what about the, the themotherapeutic area of oncology? Uh, so there's a, there's a long list of intrigue and interest. But as a, as, a, as a startup or as a business, obviously having finite resources, you have to focus and you have to prioritize. And uh, as as Renal Guard, uh, as I said, you know, now having done twenty thousand cases worldwide, you know, really the top of the list in, t- in terms of other applications was heart failure, and specifically the acutely decompensated heart failure patient population. And so we we had fast forwarded and invested quite a bit of time, effort, and resources over the last year in that uh, area. And made the strategic decision to launch uh, just last week's Heart Failure Society of America meeting, Reprieve Cardiovascular. And what that does is it allows each of the businesses to focus on each of the therapies. You know, certainly the the commonality is the fluid management platform, but both technologies and certainly the Reprieve uh, guided uh, diuretic therapy, it's going to iterate very quickly. And, and so um, we can, I can speak more in detail to that in a couple of minutes, but it really made sense from a, a, a focus standpoint. It made sense to uh, divide the businesses from a call point standpoint. They're different. Uh, and, and really, lastly, it affords investors a choice. And uh, so the most recent seven raise, seven million, uh, both businesses are benefactors of that. And uh, it, the timing is terrific. And we feel really confident that um, you know we've secured the funds to execute uh, you know our our uh, our next critical milestones. So, did the 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 technology that Reprieve is centered around did it just come from internal R and D, or was it something that you you in license? And, and and if you could tell us a bit more about it, that'd be uh, that'd be great. Yeah. So so um, you know one of the initial steps we took uh, a while ago was we took the off the shelf uh, commercially available RenoGuard system in Europe. And uh, rather than fluid balance, because within the cath lab and reducing contrast-induced nephropathy, it's critically important that we fluid balance. And, and we do that in real time with matched hydration. And that recipe is one that we've been able to show and demonstrate dramatic reductions in contrast-induced nephropathy. So if you, if you then go over to the heart failure side, you know, the acutely decompensated heart failure patient. Um, with massive uh, fluid overload, and you know they account for 90% of of uh, hospital admissions, and the numbers are staggering in terms of both uh, admissions, hospital admissions, readmissions, and mortality. 
um, these patients need to be decongested. And so in theory, uh, what we first um, embarked on was that what if we could design a system or make changes to the existing system that would uh, put us in a position of de decongesting or creating a net negative situation. So rather than fluid balance, Tom, we can essentially give back less than the patient puts out. Interesting. And you had a uh, a new and well, well, let's get into the round a bit more. You had a new investor come in, uh, Abiumed, uh, as a lead investor of that seven million. How did that come together? You you'd worked there previously as well. Did that did that relationship uh, bring them in? Help bring them in as an investor? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed my years at Abiumed, leading U.S. sales, and uh, you know certainly my familiarity and relationship with their executive team and Mike Minogue. Um, you know, we, was able to provide a forum where we could have some heart to heart discussions and. And, you know, they, they are wildly successful. I mean, they are, you know, Mike Minogue and his team have done a uh, just an amazing job uh, since he got there in 2004 of building that business. And they continue to be on a trajectory that's second to none. So, uh, you know, they're a highly innovative, highly successful um, uh, cardiac business, heart failure business. And, and they actually, uh, per their data, uh, they do have uh, definitely some interest and some research in uh, in their technology also reducing contrast-induced nephropathy, you know. So there's a number of similarities and parallels, and, uh, you know, we're, we're really thrilled at uh, having them uh, have made the investment and, uh, and be a strategic partner. And have they invested in startups before? They have. You know, I, I believe that uh, in terms of public disclosure, uh, it's not a, a long list uh, uh, I think they're frankly they've been very selective. Um, you know, they've been focused on uh, not only internal uh, R and D and developmental projects. They've been focused on expanding their commercial footprint. I believe they just uh, launched in uh, in Japan over the last uh, six or eight or nine months. Um, but they've made some very select um, investments, and uh, what I mean by that is probably I could. I could count them, maybe not on both hands, but not too too too, too many in number beyond that. But um, you know, again, I think there's a uh, a number of data points that um, that there's strong similarity both in uh, strategy as well as technology. Interesting. And and finally, you're president and CEO of uh, of both Renal Guard and, and Reprieve. Uh, how do you manage the two companies? Uh, at the same time, or the two efforts at the same time. How do you how do you view this organization? How do they work together? How do you make sure both keep on track? Is it as challenging as it as it might appear? No, you know, not necessarily. I mean, it's 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 you know, it's been a um, you know a dual role really since the day I got here. And heart failure, as I said, Tom was was number one on the list to understand how our proprietary technology could transfer over and deliver really um, formidable um, uh, benefits to the heart failure patients that uh, they've not received previous. And, and so it's, it's, it's uh, you know, titles and names and things. I, I don't get mixed up in that. It's just, you know, two priority businesses that we have um, really direct in the majority of overlap in terms of our employee base. Um, you know, part of uh, what we've done in in developing and launching Reprieve, you know, obviously with Dr. Howard Levin's addition to be our chief medical officer and Howard being a heart failure cardiologist uh, by trade, 
is is as I said a, a key asset. We've made some um, also some key hires uh, in Europe in terms of both uh, commercially driving the renal guard business as well as clinically driving the reprieve cardiovascular business. So, um, you know, the, the businesses are separate in terms of focus. Uh, but again, I, I go back to the common fluid management platform. And, and, and also, you know, if you look at uh, how those business are inter- businesses are intertwined, we're very fortunate, Tom, to do the clinical work that we are right now with Reprieve Cardiovascular in Europe, all under our current CE, uh, CE mark, all under our current label. So as you take a look and understand Reprieve, you know, it, yes, it's a startup and we're, we're you know, moving vigorously to develop a, a, a very innovative uh, therapy uh, to provide controllable um, uh, decongestive uh, therapy for patients, but we've been afforded a real um, a, a real benefit in the sense that it's all under current regulatory label in Europe, as well as from a manufacturing scale standpoint. You know, with twenty thousand patients on the renal guard side, you can imagine the manufacturing expertise as well as the safety profile of that side of the business that really is directly transferable to. Uh, developing and then iterating uh, on the heart failure technology. So Jim, what is the uh, current situation now? How are these patients handled and and how will Reprieve uh, improve on that? Yeah, Tom, the, the, the Achilles to compensated heart failure population is massive. You know, market opportunity exceeds, uh, certainly has a billion uh, at the end of it, but uh, it's, it's at least a couple billion dollars. And, and really in terms of the um, uh, therapy of care, right now or the spectrum of care, you know, patients are admitted, uh, whether it be chronic or acute, and then the goal is decongestion. And really, the the only means of decongestion right now, kind of in a frontline therapy mode, is direct therapy. And and direct therapy is simply uh, given to the patient uh, and and basically makes the patient pee. And and by urine production, um, trying to uh, decongest that patient and uh, and decrease the intervascular volume. Uh, diuretic therapy was invented in 1962, so you know to think of it as as anything being cutting edge, um, it it's helpful, it's useful. By the way, a lot of great things were created in 1962. I won't I won't go down that road, but um, take a look at the spectrum of care. And so patients, they're frequent flyers, they're in the hospital five, six, seven, eight times a year to be decongested. And diuretics, again, are can be effective, but it's, there's a lot of variability and unpredictability based on dosage, dosage and timing. And if the patient is going to be, um, is going to react and, 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 uh, and, and, and be able to decongest to some, some extent. And there's, there's really caution and, and, Physicians are very conservative in dosing diuretics because they certainly don't want the patient to become dehydrated because, you know, bad things happen in terms of dehydration, hypertension and potentially uh, end organ and renal uh, renal failure or renal harm uh, can occur. So the vision with Reprieve is that our expertise in fluid management, you know, we can ensure we're developing a system with diagnostic sensors integrated to ensure that a patient's intravascular volume, it maintains a safe zone. And what I mean by that is too much uh, hydration is not good. Obviously, that's not going to decongest a patient. patient. Uh, too, much, too, too little uh, is not good 
uh, as well. So by maintaining intravascular volume, what we can do is then we can therapeutically help that patient and decongest uh, decongest them. You know, some interesting data just came out uh, and clinicians that I interact with all the time, the question, you know, upon patient discharge, are these patients really adequate, adequately or ideally decongested? Uh, and, and invariably, the question comes back, no. And it's not by any fault or, or lack of, um, uh, of goals or administrative therapies in the hospital, but it's just this balancing act that clinicians, the current situation is in the use of diuretics. So reprieve guided, guided diuretic therapy will protect the intravascular volume and be able to maintain and sustain uh, and pursue uh, more quickly a, uh, a decongestion uh, to this patient population, which again is is enormous, and you know we believe because of the simplicity of the system and the ease of use, it certainly would be amenable to uh, to be a frontline therapy. So, how is this approach resonating with uh, with clinicians? It's it's really uh, been uh, wholeheartedly endorsed. You know, Tom, as as I said, diuretics have been invented in 1962. You look at the continuum of care. Until uh, you know, really at the far far right, there's some other very invasive measures, but you know nothing is curative. And you know we named it reprieve cardiovascular because these patients need a break, and and we believe that we're developing a therapy that can absolutely uh, be controllable in affording them decongestion. Um, we've worked very closely with key opinion leaders, Professor Piotr Pranikowski, who uh, was past chair of the uh, European Society. Of cardiology, heart failure guidelines committee uh, has done extensive work with us. As a matter of fact, he had presented a late-breaking clinical trial abstract at the ESCHF meeting in Vienna uh, this past May, and he, as well as a cohort of um, very uh, uh, seasoned and very um, cutting-edge heart failure cardiologists, continued to do a lot of work, and uh, and not uh, and certainly will. Uh, Share that uh, before the year's out, uh, we should be back at the podium uh, with the clinicians presenting further evidence in our development, and um, you know, heading to the mission of helping these patients. Excellent. Well, it's a great couple of stories you have there, and uh, we know you're going to be busy at, uh, at TCT, uh, at least telling the the renal guards story. Or are you going to be introducing reprieve there as well? Yeah, and depending on what light you hold my card in, it'll show you two different companies. <laughs> Not just. I'm just kidding, but but no, we we're Renal Guard focused uh, at uh, at TCT, um, but certainly you know it's such a broad meeting with such a all encompassing agenda. There there, I would be remiss in saying that there there certainly will be heart failure conversations occurring there there as well. Um, but you know it, it's it's a it's a great back to back, and you know our business, our company, you know we're a we're a small stealth like organization, and the folks that I work alongside, uh, we wear a lot of hats and, 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 uh, you know, it may seem strange, but, you know, I was, I was in Nashville breaking down the booth on Monday night and I'll be in San Diego putting up the booth on Friday morning. It's just, it's a hands-on organization. And, and going back to, you know, our introductory statements, I mean, some people thrive and some people crumble and, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, to, to be successful in, in today's day and age as a startup and, and to raise capital, you have to, you've got to be flexible, you've got to be focused, and you've got to, you've got to really do more with less, uh, uh, to say. 
All right. Well, well best of luck at, uh, at TCT, Jim, and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Tom, thanks very much for having me this morning, and uh, I would look forward to uh, further conversation later on down the road. I look forward to that as well. Thank you. All right. Well, that is a wrap. Thanks so much for joining us, MedTech Talk podcast listeners. Once again, if you would mind helping us out, tell your MedTech pals about the MedTech Talk podcast. Subscribe to the MedTech Talk podcast. Give a ranking. We'd love to hear how we're doing or shoot me an email or reach out to me on Twitter. I am at MedTechTom or my email, direct email is Tom at HealthEgy.com. That's the word health, followed by the letters E-G-Y.com. HealthEgy is the producer of the MedTech Talk podcast and several fine events and other podcasts as well in the healthcare space, including the MedTech Conference, which, as I mentioned at the top, is happening on May 30th in Minneapolis. That's it. Tune in next week. We'll have another great tale of innovation for you on the MedTech Talk podcast.